Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Attention pro athletes. Want to secure your financial legacy and thrive off the field? Oak Bridge Wealth Management, led by wealth manager Chris Anasetti, is your dedicated financial planning ally. But don't take it from me. Take it from the Dallas Cowboys' Tyler Biotish. He says, Chris set goals financially and has been incredibly impactful in my journey in the NFL. Experience our customized, comprehensive approach, trusted by top NFL players. Don't leave your financial success to chance. Connect with Chris on Instagram at OakbridgeWM underscore Anaceti. That's OakbridgeWM underscore A-N-I-C-E-T-E. And let Oakbridge Wealth Management guide you across the goal line. Welcome back to Believe in Badgers on the Believe Network, presented by BetOnline.ag and Oakbridge Wealth Management. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined as always by Badger legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how are we doing today? Man, we are taking the axe back to where it belongs. You know, there's something about that game. No matter if you're one in a nine or oh and nine or whatever it is, man, it's just exciting. And it just brings back a lot of good memories. Some, I mean, you know, I was there when we lost it, but some, some bad ones. But you know, like man, you 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 go on Facebook, you see all the dudes, they all put up their old pictures. It's just fun. Like it's just like that. That's in, it's important to every person who's ever played in it. Nobody cares during that game about Michigan Ohio State for one second. Everyone cares about the acts coming back to their trophy case. And man, it just it just makes me so happy that we were able to do it in, in, in whatever fashion we were able to do it. We did it. And on top of that, it. You know, it had gotten back to being a tie for a historical tie. And now Wisconsin has the axe prevented at least temporarily Minnesota from going bowling. I guess Minnesota actually gets to go to a bowl now because there weren't enough six and six eligible six and X six teams. So Minnesota, because their like graduation rate is better than most other schools actually gets to go to a bowl game, which whatever, they're still going to have a losing season. They still don't have the axe. They still have less axes in the history of the rivalry than we do. And guess what? They're just inferior in pretty much every way, shape and form. So we're going to talk about all that here in just a minute. Before we do want to remind the good folks listening in around the world, uh, around the galaxy, wherever they happen to be, that we are presented by betonline.ag, where they continue to be your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs. You name it, they've got it over there at BetOnline. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V, BetOnline, where the game starts. It's Monday morning, fullback time. We are going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend that was with the Badgers taking back the axe. We will talk 
some big picture full season stuff over the next week or two with a bunch of different friends we've got coming in and a couple really exciting shows in the works that I am uh, personally very excited about. Uh, hopefully we'll be having another brother episode, uh, a set of brothers that probably you guys aren't thinking about right now, but it's going to be a lot of fun for all of the folks tuning in. Uh, as it stands though, for Monday morning fullback, let's talk about those silly, silly little gophers and the badgers taking them down 28 to 14 over the weekend. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, Bernie, let's get the ugly out of the way in the beginning because there was more good from this game than there's probably been at least in any other game so far this season. My ugly is for the fourth game in a row, allowing the uh, opponent to go and score a touchdown on the opening drive of the game. That was the worst part of the game for me by far. But after that, I don't have a whole lot of other ugly to talk about. It, it it pains me to say that that we've gone we've said this almost every week and my ugly is the exact same. We start so slow, we basically waste a quarter. Yeah. And again, against the Minnesota, against a Nebraska, against you know, like even against a Minnesota when the axe is on the line, you can't do these things. We didn't score until what midway through almost uh, nine minutes left in the second quarter. Like that's not gonna cut it. Uh, um, uh, it was uh, 13 minutes left in the second quarter. So like two minutes into the second quarter so was, the, was the first Braylon Allen touchdown. But we, we can't do that. And that is a, you know, start fast was always a motto with, with battery, with coach Alvarez. And we're just haven't seen it. And it's, it's weird. Now on the flip side, we are a end of the game second. It's just weird. Like we're like a second half team. But our half is like the second and third quarter sometimes and then not the first or the fourth. It's just bizarre. I don't get it. Um, I don't, you know, you can't lip into games. And to let a team score seven points, sometimes it's hard to come back from that no matter what. Uh, I think the announcer even said he's like, you can't let the momentum swing this quickly. So it's weird because in the last four games, right, when you look at uh, Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, and Indiana, in the second half of those four games, Wisconsin has given up a total, a total of three points, I believe. Sorry, six points. They gave up a total of six points in those two games in the second half. That's incredible. But they went two and two in that stretch because they started off so freaking slowly. You just can't do it. And, and that has to be you know, something that we work on for next year, you know, even the bowl game, right? you got to, you get five weeks, maybe a month of practice. We got to get ahead of this. I mean, starting slow is, is it could be the end. You could lose the game in the first quarter. Mm -hmm. um, chasing points as everyone knows is not a good look. Like it's not what we want to be doing. We don't have the offense built right this second to chase points. Um, Okay, so that I don't want to talk about the ugly because I mean we won a game, and if we don't talk about Braylon Allen for like pretty much the yeah, whole show, we I don't know what to do. He looked like last year, the year before Braylon Allen, man. So let's talk Hill. about a couple reasons why wow. that happened, uh, Bernie. I can almost guarantee that you know what I'm about to say. One of the big reasons that happened was because. Let's hear it. They were running out of the pistol, baby. They were utilizing I, the pistol more. He, you get he, him downhill. He, that one extra step makes such a big difference. I've been preaching this since day one. I know the pistol's a little gimmicky, but 
if, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know I love the pistol. I love the pistol, especially in an offense like this. And guess what? It worked. And Braylon, like, and even though shotguns runs were working better, like there was um, and also I will say one more thing there. Um, I've, you know, I, I've ragged on him this year. So it is time for me to, I guess, give him his flowers, as the kids are saying these days. Uh, Tanner Bordellini, best set of snaps of the season. They were faster. <laughs> they were more accurate. Uh, no, like, no lollipops. And that helped the timing in the running game. So, yes, it took 12 games. But I finally felt like the offensive line and Bort in particular uh, you know, actually did a pretty decent job in this mm-hmm. game, especially in run blocking, which is what you would expect Wisconsin to be good at. I, I mean, again, the run blocking was much better than we've seen. Much better. You had, I mean, it's hard to say old school Braylon Allen because it was last year or the year before, but that dude making sharp cuts, one cut and go, and he was running in the open field. We haven't seen that either. It was like beautiful know what else to say it was just gorgeous to watch him run in the open field to get downhill to break through the line um you know what else i love is that he was making people miss he was trucking dudes he would have 165 yards like 190 something total yards like went to include the passing i mean that's a day he touched up that's a day you know and 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 i would say the confidence level when you watch Braylon run like that, the O-line's confident. Tanner Mordecai's confident. Everyone, the confidence level is boosted because when the run game's doing it and your best dude is doing it, dude, Yakamelli was trucking dudes and making people miss. By the way, that Mordecai run, I'm still not a huge fan of all these, um, all these, uh, these runs, but, dude, he broke that dude's ankles. Was that in the first quarter, second uh, quarter? Second quarter. Ooh. That, you know, like – there it is. That's the confidence to like make that move and go. Um, so I, 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 you know, I was, listen, I really enjoyed watching the run game and doing it. And that's what Longo said to us. He's like, if they're going to give it to us, if we're going to succeed on these plays, we might as well run. So the air raid, this game was pretty much a shotgun, just running offense. I mean, what we throw the ball 22 times yeah, not and we time. rushed 40 something. So that was working for us. And that means that the big guys up front were doing their jobs. We only had three penalties. Two? Two or three? Uh, in this game, the Badgers had three penalties uh, for 45 yards. So each of them was a 15-yarder. But, you know, it was a bunch of – it was defense, only three. A couple defensive pass interferences and, like, a face mask maybe, something like that. I don't remember what the third right. one was. Right. There were there was two definite – right. The defense was getting hit yeah, at on for, uh, for, for, for Quran. Or for Kareen, for Kareen. Yeah, but then he came in and had a huge play. Oh, God. He, like, his first half was awful. His second half was great. So, good But the, but the thing is, so, you know, I kind of love that about these guys. I just wish it would not be so slow. Like, you know, you have a couple bad plays, maybe, to start the game. But not a whole quarter, not a whole half. Um, but, yeah, listen, these guys are bouncing back. He had two penalties. And then all of a sudden, like, just drills the quarterback. Yep. You know, like these things are important. We had, we won the turnover battle. I mean, these are things we've had to do the whole entire season and we haven't. And I, and I do think we control the line of scrimmage and I think Tanner looked good. Um, I thought Tanner looked yeah. good. Like he I think both Tanners, Bordellini and Mordecai look good. On I'm still this. a little nervous that we can't like on a third and two, we throw a one yard plug. You know, like these things, 
I know they happen. And yet you and I are, we, we pick at everything that happens, but that's not okay. You know, like I think that happened a, bu- a couple of times. We had like a third and five and we threw a four yard play. It's like, guys, just get there, get to the five, get, get, get five yards. Um, but it'll come in time, you know, it'll come with experience. It'll come with time. But listen, 28 points. We haven't seen that either. So no. And on top of that, you know, I want to also say when they did step back to pass, Braylon Allen was not great just running the ball, not great catching the ball. His pass protection was excellent in this game. I thought Braylon did an awesome job in pass pro in this game. He killed a dude on um on one of those uh, QB draws too. Yep. Yeah, he was you, you, he was yeah. really blocking. Like it was like you ahead of AD. Like it was. Yeah. It, it was fun it was to beautiful. watch. Beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah, it's like he's fresh. It's like he just said, you know what? I'm not going to – I'm just going to go with my athleticism, get downhill as fast as possible, one cut. I'm going to make it to the second tier just because I know I can do it. And there's something clicked for him, and and, and maybe it was the old line, and I love that. Uh-huh. You know, I think that's huge. Maybe it's because we started spreading guys out and we, we actually did a good job uh, of catching the football and spreading the wealth. I, I, don't, I would love to ask you this. We spread the wealth. You know, DK what was the guy, our leading guy, but he had two catches for 40-something yards, 46 yards. So it's like... It was, I mean, because, I mean, Bryson Green was out. Will Pauling was right. very limited. But again, right. Will Pauling caught huge, caught that huge touchdown. But he had two catches. He had two catches. One of them was a touchdown. So right. How many, DK had how many yards? Uh, two catches, 46 yards for DK. You know, oh, 14 completions to seven different guys. Um but the no. question does this the question I'm posing to you is does nobody get hot because you're spreading it so much? Like they had a dude on there, he had nine catches, 120 yards. Mm-hmm. That's that's a, that's a hot streak. You know, do we not have that because we spread it, or is it better because now a defense has to honestly honor every dude out there because it could come to anyone's way? I think in theory, it's the latter. Right. I think in theory, it's like, oh, my gosh, I have to worry about all of these different guys. But I also think that the a, a healthy Will Pauling has more than two catches. And I think that if you want to talk about a guy who's going to like beast it downfield, it's supposed to be Bryson Green and he was injured. Mm-hmm. And so I you know, and, and this is coming off of the Nebraska game last week where uh, Pauling had eight catches. Right. And so like we we've seen you know, them have that go-to guy, you know, at different times. It's mostly been Will Pauling this year, but, you know, I, I think that there, there are times that that can, it can, that can be the case, but I think for the most part, like they are trying to spread the wealth and find the best matchup, whatever that best matchup is. And if it's, if you don't have one guy who's winning that matchup every single time, then you're almost forced to spread it around a little bit like that. I mean, look at it. Braylon Allen had three receptions for 27 yards, but a long of 24. So that means he had two for, that three, were for yards. three yards. Yeah. I mean, to me, those plays are they're I don't know, they're, they're not worth. They're like getting they're like running the ball and getting just tackled at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, like Hayden Rucci had two. So like almost everyone had two. Vinny Anthony, Riley Nowakowski had two. He did have a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So like we are spreading the wealth. Yes, guys are hurt, so I get that too. That you're, you don't have your deep threat. You don't have some of these other things. That that makes sense. But is there like a, should we have a dude who like gets 
five catches, 90 yards. Should we, like, have, should we, have, should we have a Marvin Harrison Jr.? Yes, we absolutely should. Well, but like, that, but, you know, but also, we, you know, you can also like double it short. You go and say, well, we ran the ball 44 times because we could do it. Mm-hmm. When we threw a 22, you're not going to get one guy with 10 catches. No. Out of 22. And also, uh, game, you just have things. to. You know, they, they, they were playing from ahead the entire second half, right? Yeah. And so you're going to lean on the ground game more. You're going to lean on those quick passes that to your tight ends, to a running back, to, you know, a, you know, to someone getting open quick as opposed to trying to take those bigger shots downfield, which I, I still think for me, one of my biggest frustrations this season in general was the lack of downfield shots in general. And then the and then the drops when we did have downfield shots, right? It's sort of like chicken and the egg there. I don't know if maybe we stopped taking those because we were dropping them so much. But you would think that would loosen teams up a little bit, even the threat of saying, you know, okay, here goes, you know, Bryson Green on a nine route. Here goes, you know, you know, we're going to throw the ball to Shimmery on that deep skinny post and see if, you know, he can go up and make the catch. And so, you know, it, it's, I'm interested to see if we'll be able to get a chance to talk with coach Longo, you know, sort of have a year one sort of like uh post-mortem to see, you know, what, what was tougher than he expected, what was, you know, easier than he expected and sort of what sort of philosophical changes he's going to have to try to incorporate after a full year in the Big Ten. Because I think that you saw this offense, like, grow and develop in the year. You know, statistically, yeah, it's definitely not been what anyone expected, right? We were all expecting, like, you know, freaking, like, howitzers and you know, I don't know, rainbows coming out of unicorns butts and like, you know, <laughs> oh, here's like 4,000 yards patching. We're going to have 2,000 yard rushers and no one's going to be able to stop us. And it's like, no, like it's taking a little bit more time. And I think this victory in winning the Axe is huge for this team. I actually think that I think that this game meant a lot more, even though they were already bowl eligible, sending the seniors out with the axe, having lost it the last two times playing, uh, you know, and, and being able to, you know, shove it into Minnesota's throat when in their building and play the most complete game of the season. I think that puts a lot more positive momentum heading into you know, the 15 bowl practices that they are going to get. I think this also goes to show like, you know, the course, like sticking it to the course. Uh, and, you know, there is still a lot of positive momentum here in this program. Attention athletes. Do you want a frictionless and tailored financial planning experience to secure your future? Well, look no further. Introducing Oak Bridge Wealth Management the premier financial planning firm for professional athletes. Led by wealth manager, Chris Anasetti, our team provides a unique and comprehensive approach, ensuring your financial success both on and off the field. We understand the unique challenges you face as a professional athlete, from managing cash flow habits to planning major business purchases and navigating complex contracts. That's why we've developed a proven process, working closely with our strategic partners to provide seamless solutions for your unique financial journey. Our services evolve with your career, offering short, mid, and long-term goal setting, portfolio optimization, real estate investments, and more. 
As you transition to life beyond the field, we support you with career development and philanthropic ventures. But don't just take our word for it. Top NFL players like Chase Roulier, Tyler Biotish, Alec Ingold, and more trust Oakbridge Wealth Management to guide them towards financial success. Troy Dye of the Minnesota Vikings says, I really love the work that Chris and the rest of the Oakbridge group do. I especially like the honesty and transparency when it comes to setting up financial goals and plans that best fit my needs and situation. It's time to elevate your financial game plan. Connect with Chris on Instagram at OakbridgeWM underscore Anicetti. That's OakbridgeWM underscore A-N-I-C-E-T-E. And join the winning team. And also, um, you know, I think one of the things like they're showing that they are still very, very resilient and that they are, you know, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And we got to shout out Hunter Wooler again. I mean, yet again, what's he got? 11 tackles in this game and just showing that he he really is, I think, at this point, the the heart and soul of this team in a lot of different ways. We weren't exactly sure who it was coming into the season. And I think now at the end of the season, we can look and say, like, Hunter Waller is sort of like if there's one player that embodies this team more so than anyone else. It's him and especially the accountability that he took after the Nebraska, uh, sorry, after the Northwestern game heading into the last two weeks of the season. We see, uh, you know, when they did like the Jersey reveal for this final game, it was Hunter Waller's Jersey that they were showing. It's like, just a lot of little things that you see like, yeah, this kid is like taking on such an amazing leadership role and has really propelled the team forward in some very, very positive ways. And so, you know, hoping that, Next year, you know, he's, he might be able to make that step from all-conference to all-American safety because he's got the talent, he's got the tenacity, he's got the leadership. And so now all he needs is a team that's going to win 10, 11, 12 games in 2024 in order to do that. But there's going to be a lot of question marks, you know, going into that. We're not going to talk about – we're not going to get that far ahead of ourselves right now. But, Bern, I think we should talk about the defense a little bit more because, like we said, they gave up some early points and then just completely shut Minnesota down in the second half. Uh, you know, we talked about Wohler, another interception from Ricardo Hallman. And I thought that, you know, James Thompson on the defensive line had another really good game. Who are some other defensive standouts for you? I mean, Joe Meta. I mean, you know, yeah. these guys, he was running around the field. I mean, Hunter Wohler, you, you look up, you're like, where's the guy going to tackle behind the line of scrimmage? Where does he line up? You know, you like really, it's really fun to watch him in the scheme because he's everywhere and it's very confusing. And I think that's something that the 335 allows you to do is, is mess with, you know, I remember UNLV, you're like, they had one of their best dudes, a stud, safety. He was everywhere. You're like, how about this guy's lining up an eight gap? Like, doesn't he have the center of the field? But like, so I think that, you know, I think the defense allows a guy like Hunter Waller to be everywhere he wants to be. Um, and so I think that's special. I like, I just like the grit of the defense. Yeah. Listen, we all started slow. So the, you know, you can't say anything about either side of the ball. They both were, were, were literally, it's like they're in like a, a, a 18 wheeler in low gear. And then they can't get on the highway like until the second quarter they get into fifth gear and they're like flying. Um, but I loved what I saw. You know, like at the in the you know second quarter, third quarter, these guys are starting to move around better. They're starting to fly around. They're starting to play better defense. We had some blitzes that hit home. 
you know, I think you're seeing we have guys on the field that are gaining more experience, have maybe bought in a little more because of Hunter Wohler, and are playing better football. You know, there are some – listen, I hate to say, but we're still making other quarterbacks look like good runners, mm-hmm. and I don't like that. Um, but I think that comes with – Maybe it's a scheme. Maybe we don't come. Maybe we're just like this guy's never going to run the football, and we just don't care. Um, and maybe it's we're peaking the wrong spots and we're doing some of the wrong things. That could still be happening. I mean, this is still again, you know, what nine, ten games into a, a whole new season. But what I'm excited about is that we ended our regular season with two wins: one, hum- one to get into a bowl game, and then one to for the axe, right? Like. These guys could have said, oh, we're in a bowl game. We don't need this game. And there are a lot of transfer guys. So this is not a, like for them, it's it's new. Yeah. You know, for me, when you show up, it's like this is our biggest rivalry. And you're told that you don't experience it. And you get all these stories and you get these guys. And then you see the acts and you're like, wait a second. We're playing for that. That's so cool. And then during the whole week, they play the videos of us, you know, losing and Minnesota running around or us winning, chopping down goalposts and running around. So it becomes more ingrained, right? These guys could have been like, well, we're going to a bowl game anyways. This doesn't matter. But it did matter to, you know, it looked like it mattered to everyone because I don't know, Matt Perkins, you tell me, I didn't see anyone outside of like us starting slow play bad football. Like I liked what I saw. Yeah, I liked I, I liked it like I liked most of what I saw this game and I would have liked to have seen one of those last couple drives in the fourth quarter finish with a touchdown just to or just really, points, you know, or, or just some points just to really yeah. make the three score game. I think that's probably going to be my biggest critique there. I mean, I don't know if that's a bad necessarily on our good, the bad and the ugly, but I thought that was a point of like you really could have just put the nail in the coffin and give it back to him a couple times yeah defense playing great that's nice but a two-score game and a three-score game are two very different animals so no i i would i would love to have somehow kicked a field goal mm-hmm. i i totally agree scoring zero points in two quarters is tough yeah but when you score 28 points it's not that bad it's Again, not that bad but Again, I truly think if you score 31 points in a game, you should always, almost always win. Yes. So we held them to 14 points. I'll tell you what, I think our defense has done, you know, outside of they give up some big plays, they give up a lot of rushing yards, they don't give up a lot of points. And we just haven't scored a lot of points. What's our defensive average? The like, what's most the points that Wisconsin gave up all year was 24 to Ohio State. Okay. Besides that, they gave up 21 to Illinois. Oh, sorry. They gave up 31 to Washington State. I was about to say Washington State scored. 21 to Illinois, 24 to Northwestern, 20 to Indiana, and everyone else was under 20. So you're saying you have an outlier, which is 31 to Washington. That was our second game. Yep. Right. We went there. All these things are not good things. And then 24 to two teams and then less than 20 points or 21 points for the, the whole majority of the season. Mm-hmm. You're talking about that's good defense. Yeah. Even if, listen, all it matters, we all know this. You can watch the NFL all day. If they can have 500 yards of offense, if you have 15 points or 17, 20 points, you're not going to win. 
Like maybe, but like majority of the time, no. So Wisconsin for the year finished 19th in the country, giving up 18.9 points per game. 19 in the country is pretty solid, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I'm just going to go off. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It, now, to be fair, it's a step down from Jim Leonard's defenses over the past. Yeah, it does. It's a step down from a top three every year, top one every year. I get it. I get it. But we're brand new scheme. You're asking dudes who might be not in the position they're supposed to be in to play that position. I'll take it. And what I will say on that, I was skeptical to think if the three three five could work in the Big Ten. I actually now believe that it can. I actually believe that the three three five can hold up in the Big Ten because we've seen the improvements. We've seen we've seen the defense get markedly better this season. In season, with you know they've had to shuffle in a bunch of different personnel. We've seen different starters at you know Alexander Smith and uh, For Kareen have both started at corner. We've seen Leitu and Brown be switched starters. We've seen different starters at inside linebacker, and yet. You know, we've seen them get progressively better, I would say, during the season. And to me, that is a big step in the right direction. Another Now, obviously, for this defense to take the next step next season means they have to add a pass rush. They have to get a better pass rush. Still only had two sacks in this game, and they need to be at a place where they are getting four to five sacks a game if they are going to really be able to compete with the top level teams. So I, you know, I, I don't know if, I mean, that's going to need to be an upgrade in talent on the defensive line. I think it's going to be, you know, a, a retooling of some scheme on some, some third and longs because, you know, it felt like on every third and long, you know, the Badgers are just going to rush three and drop eight every single time. And, you know, especially when you have some of these more athletic quarterbacks that can build up, you know, make, you know, make some plays with their legs, build some time for themselves. It can get a little bit frustrating. We're not getting pressure, you know, more consistently because we don't have a Nick Herbert. You don't have a TJ Watt. You don't have a Zach Bond bringing that, you know, NFL level pass rush that you need in order to compete with the big boys in the Big Ten. I, I think we're missing two pieces on the defense. I think you you summed it up pretty well. I mean, it's it, it might be one or two D linemen. It might be a D lineman and a rusher. It might be a D lineman and a linebacker. But we're missing we're missing two pieces. I think to make us very dangerous in a three three. I mean, if Hunter Wolfe's dangerous and he's a safety, right? So yeah. then you're looking at the two different level, the three levels. We need a pass rusher. We need a linebacker. Yeah. I mean, I think we have good linebackers, but we we need guys who are. I don't know what the word is. The guys who are just built to play in the three, three, five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, I think Christian Allegro is a future star at linebacker, the true freshman who got a lot of snaps this year. I think he is a future star star in this, um, in this defense. And he's someone that might be able to, as a sophomore, take that next step forward and be someone who is, goes from being a situational player, a quarterback spy to being an every down player, Someone who, you know, he's flashed some of these pass rush moves. He's flashed some athleticism. Someone I really, really like as an overall athlete. And I really like a lot of the guys that they are bringing in in this incoming recruiting class. Uh, I'm a big fan of both Landon Gauthier, the the linebacker from uh, Green Bay, and up at uh, Bayport in, in Green Bay, and also 
um, Thomas Heiberger, the edge rusher from uh, South Dakota, who is coming in, who is someone who I think was under under recruited and underrated by a lot of the rating services because he plays in the middle of nowhere in South Dakota. But he's six four with all the athleticism in the world and reminds me a lot of Andrew Van Ginkle. So we will see how that turns out. But I would not say no to another Andrew Van Ginkle. That's for sure. That's right. Listen, we're bowling and season's over. We did. We, I think we accomplished some great things. I think we figured, I think we figured out a lot more than we wanted to, or we all thought we would have to, but I think that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Um, but we're going to a bowl. Who knows who it is? It'll be against a, I think a, Come on, a, it'll be a solid bowl, bowl. Come on. Against the solid, bowl. a solid com- a opponent. And you know what? It's just exciting. You know, you want, this is what you want. You want to keep that streak alive. You want to keep the axe and you want 15 more practice. So let the young guys get in there and yes. get some snaps. And then you want to go somewhere and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Right. The, everyone, the season is so long. These coaches went, even the players up, down, left and right. Now they can just go enjoy a football game. So for a lot of people, it's their last time ever snapping a helmet on. Just go have a good time. Yeah. Go have a good time. Hopefully it's down here in, in Nashville, Tennessee. And, uh, but no matter where it is, you know, we'll be watching. You know, we'll be uh, keeping everyone up to date here on Believe in Badger. So that's going to do it for us here on Monday morning, fullback. Uh, our last, well, I guess now we'll have one uh, after the bowl game as well. But between now and the bowl game, we've still got plenty of content coming from you for everyone who is tuning in. Plenty of more interviews coming up, uh, some new guests, some return guests, and, uh, more of us. So uh, we hope that you have enjoyed what you have heard and watched here on Believe in Badgers on the Believe Network, presented by betonline.ag and Oak Bridge Wealth Management. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And until next time, on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Oh, I love Axe Victory so much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.